Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Good Humans podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to guest episode 131 of Good Humans Podcast with a very, very lovely lady by the name of Kristen Sorensen, who is the best Gold Coast tattoo artist and somebody who has a very, very kind heart. And I loved, loved every moment of this chat. If it's your first time here, do me a favor, hit that like or subscribe button. This podcast has been going from strength to strength and there is so many incredible episodes for you to tune into from experts in many, many different fields to people who have just got phenomenal stories that we can learn a lot from. So go check out some of the previous episodes. But yeah, most importantly, like and subscribe, tell a friend about it. And yeah, that would mean so much to me. Also, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Drinker Repper. These guys have been sponsoring this podcast for quite some time and I'm very excited to continue the journey with them. I use their product every single day. So it's a brain drink. It's a formula that's been created by neuroscientists to make our brains perform better. If you're in Coles or Woolies, you can look for the purple glass jar with a big A on it. And yeah, it's delicious. If you like black currant juice, you're going to absolutely love it. And it's so, so good for your brain for both short-term performance. Think of it like having an energy drink or your second coffee, but with all natural ingredients and without any of that nasty stuff that we can find sometimes in those products that can give us a bit of a kick. So head over to their website, drinkarepper.com. Use the code GOODHUMAN and you can get a massive 25% off everything, which is a huge discount. And it's going to do something really good for your brain. Tag both me and Drink Arepa on your Instagram. Would love to yeah see what you think of it. Also, this if you listen to this podcast the day or the day after it comes out, we are throwing a mindful morning event with Drink a Rapper at Change Gym at Broadbeach. It's completely free. You're going to get some goodie bags. You're going to do gratitude with me, mindfulness with me, and then breath work with Rory, Rory Warnock. Uh, it's completely free. You can sign up to that in the show notes. It's going to be 7.30 to 8.30 session one on Sunday, the 3rd of December, and 9 till 10 for sessions two. So go ch- sign up to that. It'd be epic to have you there. Okay, Kristen, this episode is so much fun. She's the kindest human ever. And that's how I got to know her. So a few weeks back, I put out a thing saying, I'm about to go up to Altru Festival, which is a festival for homeless people, and talk to them and learn some of their stories. You can go back a few episodes and listen to all of them. But what was awesome about it was I said, if anyone wants to donate $100 and let me, and then also write a card to give to the people who are at the festival, I would love to, yeah, gift him out and, yeah, involve the community to do a little kind act. And Kristen sent me a message going, I really want to get involved. What's your bank details? And sent me $700 to give every one of the guests $100 each and wrote me the most beautiful note. And from there, I was like, oh, let's get you on the podcast. I knew she was an incredible tattoo artist. I've been following her for quite some time, but we hadn't really connected, definitely not in person. And after that kind gesture, I was like, would you want to come on the podcast? She jumped at the opportunity and far out. We had such a nice chat. Learning all about her story from growing up in Bow Desert out in a bit of rural Queensland to loving art, but getting kind of told by her art teacher, no, it's not for you. You don't have a future in it. She then did interior design, but didn't really love it. 
and then made the change over to being a tattoo artist. She's also had some really big ups and downs in her life from relationships, having two young, beautiful boys and yeah, being an absolutely incredible mother. Uh, but yeah, every part of this story, I think you guys are going to get a lot out of. She's very open and vulnerable, sharing the ups and downs, going to therapy and yeah, a lot of stuff about her tattoo journey as well. If you enjoy the episode, as I said, do me a huge favor, hit that like or subscribe, tell a friend about it because that's how we get more people hearing these incredible stories that can help so many. So let's jump straight into this podcast. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Kristen Sorensen. How are you going? I'm so good. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor. No, thank you for coming on for a chat. It's um, It's been an interesting, I guess, week in our friendship, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> I think we've followed each other on social media for a little while and have yeah. a few mutual friends in Harry Bink and some people on the Gold Coast. Yeah. But what brought us together and why this podcast came about is, I'm going to tell a bit of a pre-story for the yeah, listeners. Yeah, go for it. So last weekend I went to All True Festival, which is a homelessness festival to go and and do some interviews, which anyone listening right now can go back and listen to all the episodes I did with the attendees of the Homelessness Festival. But I put out to my community just on Instagram, if anyone wants to donate $100 and write me a little note, I'll give it to somebody who's struggling at the festival who comes on the podcast. You so kindly, as I said, we don't really know each other. We just maybe connected on social media. You just sent me a message going, oh my God, I'd love to get involved. Here's a note that I want to send and here's $700. So... You're an absolute angel. You did not have to do that. And I'm sure you probably don't want me to yeah. bring it up right now. But it's, okay. it's it's about just, it's not, and I said this to you after when I posted and tagged you in it, it's not about giving you recognition. It's about hopefully inspiring others to realize that they can do the same. And it yeah. can, yeah, people are out there trying to do that. Absolutely. So I'm going to follow on from the story. I'm almost up to letting you talk. But oh, okay. then I went to the festival. I gave out the cards. I gave out the money and just had the most, incredible reaction so I just want to say thank you so much and I sent them to you after and then I was like actually would you want to come on the podcast and you're like hell yeah so here we are yeah it it was like the biggest um I get I don't want to say compliment but when you reached out to me asking for me to come on the podcast I I was speechless like I couldn't honestly talk I was just like shocked because as you said, like we followed each other for so long and I just love everything that you do. And I, I see the ripple effect that you create within this community and you do so much good. And yeah, like I said, it's something that I just truly wanted to get behind and I didn't need recognition. I know I said to you like, oh, I feel uncomfortable that you shared that. But at the same time, as you said, it's not about the recognition. It's about creating the awareness. It's like opening it up for other people to realize that there's help out there. And so I took my ego out of it and I was like, yeah, you're totally right. Like, let's go. And here we are. And I'm so excited and I'm so grateful. Honestly, this is no. such an honor. This is going to be fun. Thank you. You told me quickly off air, but why did you want to get involved when you saw me post that and want to donate? Yeah. So um, I grew up in a small country town out towards Bow Desert and there's a bridge called McLean's Bridge and underneath it's a, like a little river and has kids. We would go down there and we'd play all the time. And um, my mom was driving through there the other week before she came to visit me. And as she drove through, it was like a homeless shelter. There's just cars and people and families that are like living out of their cars. And as soon as she told me that, I just, I broke down. I just started crying, like sobbing from my soul because that place holds so many fun memories for me. And now it's turned in a place, like it's turned into a place of salvage. You know, people are there just trying to survive in a community where they're like, you know, propping each other up. But at the same time, it was just like, fuck, that used to be a park and now it's a mm. homeless shelter. 
and I just I just want to help the whole world. I want to save the world. I want <laughs> everyone laughs at me and they're like, you can't do that. And then people get mad at me because they're like, oh, you're just going to burn yourself out. But I don't give a damn. Like I'll, I won't stop until I'm dead. Like I just want to help and love and share kindness. And so just as soon as I saw your post that you were going to that event, I didn't think about it. I can't stress to you how little I think about anything that I do. Mm. I was just like, boom, how can I be a part of it? And you said you only wanted seven people. So I was like, oh, it's been up for a while. You've probably already got that quota. So I was just like, oh, please, 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 so high. And then you replied. You're like, let's go. And I was like, boom, we're on. So I was just so grateful to help anyone, honestly. I, you do with what you do, no, but I just wanted to be a part of it. You're a legend. Like the way you just spoke, you're the perfect guest for Good Humans Podcast because we're going to get to know your story and why you think the way you do. But... I have a, I mean, not a big community. I have like 40,000 Instagram followers and like 60 on TikTok. And I put those videos out to everyone and I only had three people get back to me about it. So Wow. See, yeah. that surprises me. That yeah. really, really surprises me. I mean, it is what it is. People, uh, people yeah. are struggling right I now. Know, so, and I, I get, know. And it wasn't about the money, to be honest. The thing that I loved the most was the notes that people wrote. Like yeah. your note was, oh, I wish I had it with me, but your note was phenomenal. Go back and listen to some of the um, episodes. Yeah. I read them out to each of the guests, but then like my sister donated a little bit. Mm. Um, one other family that was just a random family that I've never connected with on Good Human at all. And then one other family who's like part of my Good Human Factory community. So there's, yeah, four different people who donated, yeah. which... I mean, it's nothing against anyone, but it's just yeah. so beautiful that you were one of them, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, killing it in any means. It's, you know, I've just gone through a lot of financial things this year. Like, my, I have two children, and I separated from my partner probably November last year, and the house only settled July this year, so there was a lot of expenses there, and then custody. So I am a single mom, and, you know, I don't care, like, where I'm at financially. If I can help someone... Like, I will give whatever I have left to help anyone that needs it. You know, I will go broke helping the world. <laughs> you're an absolute I angel. I feel the same, but uh, you're yeah. an angel, and I'm so excited to get to know your story because, yeah, we don't know each other too well, yeah. but you're someone... I think that makes it more exciting. <laughs> I know, it does. That's what I said to you before. This is a conversation, not an interview. Yeah. This is just getting to know you and understand how you act the way you do. And mm. I guess let, to kick off, let's let the listeners know who you are and what you do now. Yeah, okay, so... I'm a tattoo artist. I've been doing it for 13 years. Um, I'm a mother of two, and I have, oh, they're like the most beautiful little humans. Like, they're so emotionally intelligent, and they school me daily on how to be a, a good human. Honestly, like, I'm not me without them. And I needed them to become me, because I think before children, I was kind of lost in the right direction, just like aimlessly floating through life. And then becoming a mother was like, right, I've got to get my shit together. I've got to be organized. I've got to take care of two humans. And then that just propelled me forward in life to just hustle and work really hard and just don't stop. Like, I don't stop. I, I never stop. <laughs> I can't wait to get to know. I know. I do know that because every time you've written back to me, it's been at like 4.30 in the morning. You must I wake be up super, at 4.30 yeah. every day. Yeah, you've been messaging yeah. me at 5. And then I know you hustle at work because you don't write back to me until yeah. either the next morning. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah. she's good. She's off her technology. Yep. She's up early. Yep. She's getting after it. And we're yeah. going to catch all the way up to your story okay. now. But the first thing I'm going to open with sure. is the same question I open with everyone yeah. is, what are you grateful for in life right now? Oh. <sighs> It's so cliche, but honestly, everything. Honestly, like, you can find gratitude in the air that you breathe, the ground that you walk on, the country that I live in. You know, there's so much going on in the world right now that I'm just grateful, you know, honestly, for everything. 
Uh, I'm grateful for my experiences. You know, there's been a lot of setbacks. I could have chose to sit and pity myself and be a victim of my own circumstance, but I chose to, you know, overcome that. And then in those experience, learn empathy. So I'm grateful for empathy. Like that's a massive, powerful tool that has helped me become the person that I am. But not only that, to help others. I feel Mm. like that's my mission right now. So I guess, blanket statement, I'm grateful for empathy. I love that. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. That's a beautiful one. Oh, thank you. And I just love the answer, the, the grateful for everything. Mm. When we live in the ground, we walk in the air, we breathe. Like am. It's special. Uh, I yeah. think it's really important. And we can live in a grateful mindset. That's what I like to say to people. If like, if you're grateful, it's very hard to be the victim. 100%. If you're being grateful for yeah. your life, yeah. it's so hard to be the victim. Like, I'm grateful And complain for about situations. something, but then still be grateful. You can't complain about something, but then still be grateful for it. Kind yeah. Of. No, I, I... Yeah, if you're in that grateful state of mind, there's no room It's happening for, for you, not to you. Self-sabotage and all that other yeah. stuff. You know, I've been there. Don't worry. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. <laughs> Absolutely. We all get there. Yeah. Absolutely. But now let's get to know your story. Okay. Let's rewind back to the beginning. You let's said you grew go. up in Bow Desert. I but did. Let me know a bit about your upbringing. Let's say sure. until high school, family life as yeah. a kid, grandparents, parents. What was the dynamics that I need to know that maybe shaped you to be the kind, beautiful human you are today? Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, straight up, I have an incredible family. That's just, that's it. Like my... My grandparents have been together since they were like 13. My mom and dad have been together since they were 15. I have two brothers, so I grew up pretty tough. <laughs> I got two, three sisters. Oh, I grew up mate. pretty soft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So we're like the opposite. The yin and yang. Yeah. So there was, um, and I'm a middle child. So I guess that kind of explains a lot about me right there. Took a lot to be seen and I'm a bit extra. So maybe that's what it is. But yeah, I grew up in Bow Desert. I like to call it beautiful desert. <laughs> Because anyone that knows it, they're like, oh, okay. But um, it's beautiful. I love it out there. Uh, So, yeah, it was quite a small community when I grew up out there. There was, like, nothing to do. I grew up on, like, a little bit of acreage. So you made your own fun. You know, my parents were big on family, big on just, like, make your own fun. We weren't on technology. Um, You know, I don't want to, like, say this because I don't want to offend my parents. But we didn't grow up rich. We didn't have, like, a lot of things. But what we had, we... We fucking loved, you know, mm. we made the most of everything that we had and everything that we did, you know, mum and dad were struggling at times and they still managed to put both boys through football, me through all my dancing and then because I was such a diva, I wanted to do acting and singing and all of these things were at an expense and I could just see like how much they, you know, put us first. Mm. Um, and then schooling, primary school, don't really remember. All I remember is we didn't wear shoes. We didn't have to wear shoes in primary school. I think maybe like grade five, they brought in like, you have to wear shoes now. It's compulsory. And we were like, what? This place is a prison. So yeah, we had to start wearing shoes. And then I don't really remember a lot about that. But high school was fun. High school is where I really came into my own because I was able to get more creative. There was so many... Um, I know it was like a country school, but they really favoured the arts. So they did music, singing, dancing, drama. They were really big into the visual arts. So it was exciting to explore all that. Believe it or not, I actually failed art in high school. I failed art. I failed miserably. And it wasn't because, like, I wasn't applying myself. It was more to do with, say, for instance, I created a portrait, like a drawing of someone. I'd have to, like, back 
date and I'd have to explain how I got there. And if anyone knows me, like, I don't think anything through. If I feel it, I do it. Like, there's no planning to anything. And so I would fail the practical side of art because I would never document how I would get to the finished product. But you'd have the most beautiful finished product. And I'd be like, man, you don't have to question it. Just appreciate it. And apparently in the curriculum that that didn't hold up so yeah Yeah, so stupid sometimes with school it's like with a math um question if you don't show your show how you got the answer then the answer's wrong exactly exactly just appreciate my way that i create nice art honestly it's so crazy and it would frustrate me and i i used to butt heads with my teacher and believe it or not he did tell me that i would amount to nothing and i would never make money as an artist and I was really sensitive back then, so that triggered me. That used to hurt a lot. And I bet it did. it's so funny because probably about two, three years ago, he messaged me on social media asking for a tattoo. I was like, what? No way. So I left him on red. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't really like, you know, um, mature, but I was just like, full circle. That blows my mind. No but way. now I think about it, you know, like he was hurting. Mm. Hurt people, hurt there people. There you go, empathy. Mm, 100%. Mm. And it's shaped me as a mother. You know, like when I was at school, I was so stressed out. Like, I gotta do good, I gotta do well. And, you know, when I was failing art, I was like, how? I love this. Mm. And I bring that into my parenting. Like, yes, my kids are doing well at school, but I'm not gonna like ride them to be the most successful at everything that they're doing. It's mm. like if they wanna do it, they're gonna do it and they're gonna do it well. Mm. So I lead with love. I don't lead with fear and intimidation because yeah. I just feel like that breeds toxic and just resentment it comes from a place of insecurity always 100%, absolutely it's other people's projections yeah oh i did just watch the david beckham oh my series. god like i know he's the hottest man alive but how, not how only he that treats victoria oh he is just like i think what i took from that was he got knocked back so many times knocked down like the whole country the hated whole country him. hated the him. whole country and he just his like, resilience came just back gets stronger through. and stronger and stronger. And I was just like so motivated mm. from that series. I was like, oh. yeah, I feel that. And then as well, his relationship with Victoria is so beautiful just for like, her. isn't it? So he like, both, and still now. And they're seen, so different. Yeah. Like she's like super clean freak and she's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he, she like doesn't really care about Love his suck on. Like, so there's just, hope for me yet. There is hope for oh, me you'll yet. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're a legend. Let's talk about now. Getting towards the end of school. End of school, yeah. Did you finish? I did. I graduated. You graduated? Yeah. What, um, what, what did you think when you were getting towards the end of school? Future looked like you've had Honestly. a teacher tell you art's not a career yeah. for you. You're failing yeah. art. But I'm guessing you're probably drawing some beautiful stuff by here. Mm. What was the first thing that really got you and what drew you into art? Was there a family member? Was there <laughs> anything in general that made you, for one, want to get into art, but mm. then tattoo artists? We can get yeah. up to that a little later. So I come from like a very creative family. My mom is so talented. My mom's family, they're like all singers, dancers, actors. And my dad is like an incredible drawer. And my nan, she's a good drawer and they're super creative. So there was always, I was always surrounded by that energy. And um, because I was the only girl and the middle child, I did spend a lot of time alone in my room. And I was probably way too young, but I was obsessed with Tupac. And I was, like, in love with him. And I had this poster. I still remember it. It was, like, my first bit of pocket money. And I went to Sanity and I bought a two-pack poster. And I stuck it on my wall. And it was the coolest thing ever. And I just, I drew him. I drew his portrait. And then my nan saw it. Like, my sweet, darling, baby angel, like, nan was like, I love it. So she framed it and put it on her wall. And she still has it in her house. I was about to say, do you still have it? I want to see a photo of this. It's, like, this big gangster with, like, 
tattoos. It was like thug life. And it was your first proper first, drawing. First proper drawing. I can find you it. You're going to send a photo I'll of it I'll send you a photo we'll of it. We'll use it for a little okay, oh on socials. God. People are going to love that. Yeah. And my nan, she still has it on her wall. And whenever and her friends come over. How old I think I was 12. Or okay. 11 or 12. A little gangster. Yeah. I was so <laughs> gangster. And yes, yeah, she's... Lime wire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then occasionally you get the virus downloading and she's talking. The, downloading from like... Um, Five hours later, you yeah, got three songs. You wake up the next day and you get like an album. You're like, yes. <laughs> Pull it across the iTunes. With viruses. It's oh so, it was God. worth it. Those it was worth it. Oh, my God. And dial-up internet. Oh, my God. And if, MSN. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the times. Kids B- of today BRB. will never know. They will oh, never no, know. I know. So, so you draw your first thing at 12. You yeah. get into high school. You've got teachers telling you art's not really your career. Yeah. You're failing it. Yeah. Honestly, where do you draw? Where do you? Yeah, where do you think life's going when you get into the last years of high school? I can't stress to you how little direction I had towards the end of high school, and I did. I felt it. I felt such a pressure to do something and be something, but I wanted to do everything all at once, all at the same time, and I just couldn't focus on one thing. And, you know, I come from, you know, like my dad's a builder, my brothers are builders. So they have like the successful build, like business. They're all working together. And I'm the black sheep of my family. Like whatever I do, it doesn't surprise them. They're like, of course she's done that. Like, um, so I, there was a lot of pressure because they knew what they wanted to do and they were doing it. And my friends were going off to uni. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. And I was like, fuck, I can't find matching socks, man. I don't know. It was so stressful. And then... You know, I did a bit of everything. I did retail, I did reception work, and I just always knew it wasn't for me. Were you still drawing all the time while doing yeah, this? Always, yeah, always, always. And then, you know, piggybacking off the family business of builders, I was like, ah, interior design, let's do that. That's creative. So I went off and I studied interior design, and within that, I was drawing heaps. Um, I was doing, like, gouache drawings and paintings of interiors for clients. But not only that, I had family members and friends reaching out for portraits of loved ones. So I was getting paid to draw while studying and paying my way through studying with drawing. And then I graduated, and a girlfriend of mine, who was actually a tattooist at the time, she was going to Europe, and she's like, why don't you just come? Like, you finish your studies, like, just do it. And I was like, no, no, I've got to gotta like do all these things you know Interior everyone's telling design, me I gotta go work yeah family business yeah 100% I had all these pressures like riding on me to like do the right thing and then I don't know I think we just had a couple of vodkas and I was like oh, okay. so I booked my flight and I was going to Europe and again about this 21 22 21 21 so we went to Europe and I remember we were in London and we were sitting on the balcony drinking pims looking at the bullet trains go by and she just looked at me and she's like, so when do you start your tattoo apprenticeship? And I was like, Monday, Monday when we get back. And it just felt right. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go in life, but I was just in that moment. I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. Like just watching her tattoo at these conventions all around the world. And I was just like, that looks so fun. Oh, yeah. Let's give it a go. I'll try anything at least twice. And she was like a friend your age kind of. She was a little bit older a than A little me. bit older. She's a little bit older than me. So I looked up to her a lot. You know, she was always, she's like a big sister. You know, she had so much guidance always. And she, I worked alongside her. Like, she kind of taught me how to tattoo. Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's, yeah. So you go to Europe, you I have go a good Europe, time. have a great time. Come back, few brain cells missing. But I was like, ah, whatever. To be honest, I was, my biggest fear at that time was telling my parents that I want to be a tattoo artist. I was like, oh, they're going to be so judgmental. Like, I promised all of these things. Why? What, what, in what way did in you think way? they were going to be judgmental? Because 
it's not a mm. career to make a lot of money, which I'm sure it yeah. actually is now yeah. that you're doing what, like, you know what I mean? You're highly touted. Mm-hmm. What was the, the fear? What was the fear from All of my think? fears are always internal. You know, I overthink everything all yeah. the time. So I, one, thought, yeah, obviously it's not a career path that's going to take me anywhere. Two, I don't know. I, I felt like I always want to impress my dad like I look up to my dad so much he's so intelligent he's like the smartest man I know and I just I wanted to impress him and when I told him that I was going to be interior designer he was like awesome and I was like yeah he's so proud of me and then I was like oh going rogue I'm gonna be like you know at the time there wasn't a lot of female tattoo artists so I knew he would have been like scared like oh god is she gonna be all right Mm. and believe it or not when I finally sat them down and I was like, hey, look, I've decided to change career paths. There was nothing to them. They're like, cool. We love this for you. Go for it. How and I was like, that? what? <laughs> what do you mean? I've overthought this for like six weeks and I've had panic attacks over it. And they were just, they couldn't be more supportive. They're like, go for it. You're so good at art. Do something with it. And I was just like, oh my God. There is such a special lesson It was in that. such a relief. And like at that moment, I was just like, wow, I am putting the limitations on myself. No one else. Mm. It is me that's constantly holding myself back. No one else. So Isn't it crazy? The anxiety we carry about doing something yeah. and then you finally do it and it's not even that bad. It's like, oh my Ugh. God, I just wasted weeks of Honestly, stress and anxiety. There's a massive lesson in that for anyone listening right now. If you've got that hard conversation to have. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. because just do it. Ha- over half the times, it's not even going to be a hard conversation. No. The over and over in your head is the hardest Absolutely. part. Absolutely. Yeah, you fight with yourself harder than you're going to fight with anyone else. So what, interior design after uni just wasn't still tickling your fancy? You're like, I don't know. It. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I'd always had... I think this is what made me so confident in my decision was... If this fails, I always have this to go back on. So it was, it was like a little simmer in the background. Like I, like my heart wasn't truly in it. Like it excited me to be honest. I still use it today. Like I learned a lot in that degree. I learned like color theory and I did learn a lot from Mm. that. Um, and I'm constant, like as a child, I was changing my room around like once a month, you know, like I've always had it in me and I'll always have it in me. So I've never lost it. Man, it's so funny. I'm always like, oh, I could still go back to it. Mm. But tattooing is, I, I'm in love with it. It's just such a beautiful accident. Like, I couldn't have planned it. If yeah. you told me at 15, you're going to become a tattoo artist, I'd be like, you lying. What about if I told you you're going to be the best tattoo artist on the Gold Coast? <laughs> no, I honestly don't even, like, feel that now. <laughs> right, I really We're going to catch up to that story, but now I want to get to know we've got, like, a... 12-year chapter to get through. Yeah, let's go. Starting. Tell me about when you first started. So, tattooing is an interesting thing. Is it like the pig skin? Like, let's let's strip it all the way back. Your friend says, when you get home, you're going to start tattooing. I did. And I started on the Monday. You did. And I'll be 100% honest, for the first six months, I cried every tattoo. And they were like friends and family. So, they were like, are you okay? Why? Because like, it was hurt? I had no confidence. I had oh, no idea what scared. I was doing. Like, going from drawing to tattooing was the hardest transition. Really? I was like, oh, it's just drawing on skin. No, it was no, so hard. Okay. But not only that, I didn't have a lot of, like, faith in myself. I was I was full of self-doubt and judgment. And, you know, I had senior artists above me that were incredible, pulling out these incredible pieces. And I was like, why doesn't mine look like that? Like, I was constantly comparing myself to everyone. Which in one of two ways is possibly like the worst thing you can ever do. But in the same sense, 
it made me work harder. Mm. You know, it made me like have this drive and this hunger inside me to just constantly do better and outdo the last tattoo that I did and mm. show up every day, even if I didn't want to. Like there'd be days I would have a panic attack in my car before I went to work. And I just got out. The second I shut that door, it was like, you got this, let's go, let's go. And um, I, I re- this was the changing moment of that belief system. I tattooed my sister-in-law, who's the most beautiful She's the most beautiful human I know. Her name is Kelly. She's so sweet. Um, she's taught me a lot about being a good mom and a good friend. Like, she's just the most beautiful, gentle person. Anyway, so I was tattooing her, and it was a lot of pressure for me because not only did I look up to her, like, I just I didn't want to ruin her body for the rest of her life. So there was so much pressure riding on this tattoo. And I got halfway through it and I had a panic attack. I did. I couldn't do it. I was just like, I can't fucking do this. Like, I'm, I can clearly see that I'm ruining your body. And I just, I looked over at one of the senior artists and she could tell that I was like not having a good time. So she came over and she finished the tattoo for me. And in that moment, I like left my body and I saw myself and I was so ashamed that I'd you know, just completely aborted mission and that I just gave in and I was just so weak about the whole thing that I went home, I think I cried all night about it. And my sister was like, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, I am. Like, you don't understand how much shame I have on myself right now. And I went home and the next day I woke up, I don't know if you've seen the movie Cool Runnings, but Mm. we, you know, like I said, we didn't have a lot of money. So we only had like six movies that we rotated and Cool Runnings was one of the videos that we would watch. And so they get on a bobsled team and they're from like the dirt. There's there's, there's no snow. The Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, the Jamaican bobsled team. And one of the guys, like he gets up and he's in the mirror and he's like, you're a badass mother who don't take no shit off of nobody. And I did that. I said that speech to myself in the mirror. And basically I was just yelling at myself for being a weak bitch and I went to work that day and I was like a different person I was so angry at myself for abandoning myself that I just I just started to believe in myself I was like you've got this you can do this like nothing is more painful than failure so every day from that moment it just got easier and it got better and it only happened because I started to believe in myself like no one was going to do that for me I love that. It's, yeah. it's a really powerful story because that's something I wanted to go into with you is this idea of, yeah, when you're tattooing someone, it's a big deal. It's not it's like so a piece stressful. of paper that you can scrunch up. Like, yeah. it must come with some anxiety. I want to talk through the first, like, year where you're learning. Mm. What's that look like Perfect. to learn? It's yeah. terrifying. Honestly, I, like I said. How, yeah, how different is it from drawing on a pencil on a piece mm. of paper to a skin? It's like you're dripping through. Uh, There's so many dynamics to it. Yeah. And it changes every day. So you, mm. I'm still learning. Because everybody's skin is different. Everybody's different. Wow. Every position on the body is different. So, like, a forearm will be different to the ribs. Like, you know, there's a lot of fluid retention there. So, every day is different. And for the first year, it was just exhausting. And what do you learn on? Is it pig skin? Or is it... Surely there's, like, a material that feels like skin. Yeah, it's called second... Oh, not second skin. Um, (laughs) Pound of flesh. It's called pound of flesh. And it came out and it was just, like, fists. And you could tattoo on them. Which is really cool. They're amazing. But at the same time... Uh, a lot of the Gold Coast artists will understand. So living in the sun state, everyone on the Gold Coast loves a bit of sun. So they're all exposed to the elements. And the texture of the skin in Queensland is like none other. So if I fly down to Melbourne, for instance, my quality of tattooing will be different 
to say if I'm tattooing people from the Gold Coast. It's it's tougher. You tattoo and it turns red straight away. So it's honestly, every day is a struggle. And I do get a lot of clients that fly into state of, or from different countries. And I'll know instantly. I'm like, oh, the skin. It sounds so weird. But it's different. It's oh nice. But yeah, so learning in Queensland, it was tough just because the skin is tough. But not only that, I had no idea what I was doing. And it's not something that anyone can teach you. You have to learn by failing. You have to learn what and not to do. that is not a good thing. Tell me, tell me, about, tell me about some failures. Have some you ever failures. had a tattoo that someone's like, I'm so sorry, I have to get this removed? <laughs> I don't. Oh, they haven't told me. <laughs> but have you ever had I'm one sure. where you're just like, oh, I have to touch this up or something? Like, Look, I mean, you're doing thousands of tattoos. Yeah. And, like, there's cl- it's not like you've got a rubber. Like, I'm sure any artist ever. But it's always a stencil, yeah? Always. What do you Do you mean? have a free freehand? Oh, no, 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 no. I'll never freehand. Yeah. I'll always stencil. Yeah. Gosh, no. Because you you trust that stencil. Yeah, That's yeah. your holy grail. Because yeah, when yeah. they lie down, it moves. You know, mm. like it distorts. Yeah, so yeah. You, you just you rely on that stencil so heavily. And in the earlier days, we used to just use Dettol. So we'd spray Dettol on the skin and then like transplant the stencil. And with one wipe, it would come off. So it was honestly so stressful. It. Now we have all these incredible products. I'm sponsored by Supreme Cream and they're a Gold Coast company. And like, oh, just when I go back and thinking about using Dettol, oh, I feel so sorry for myself. Because now I have like these state-of-the-art products that just make life so much easier. But yeah, learning was like learning to swim in the deep end without mm-hmm. floaties. It was terrifying. I had no idea what I was doing every day. But yeah. Crazy. And then it's been quite the journey. I want to talk about this next chapter of you've started. You've started to get a few runs on the board, building a bit more confidence. Mm. Building a client base is tough in yeah. any job. How did you find it at the start to try and like build a client base? You're saying now you're booked out for the next basically mm. six to eight months. Like yeah. now you can't... You know, and you're pushing away clients. How yeah. um how hard was it to start building a client base? Oh, look, to be honest, it was pretty easy for me because I come at it from a different approach. I probably did the first six months for free. Wow. I just put out there, hey, look, I'm so eager to learn. Like, I'm willing to work for free. So I hustled hard. I was just tattooing long hours. I remember this one day I started tattooing at 9 a.m. and I didn't finish till 10.30 that night. And I was wrecked. Like, I was so tired. But at the same time, I had, like, eight coffees, so I couldn't sleep. So I stayed back till four in the morning and just cleaned the tattoo studio. Like, oh my God. it was insane. Awesome. But, yeah, so just tattooing for free, you know, that word got out. Oh, you know, like, come down, she'll, like, do this, blah, 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 blah. And then from that, I just started getting more confident and better. And then those people, like, I still tattooed now. Like, they just believed in me. And now, like, it's so crazy. I was like, oh, I still don't want them to pay. I'm like, no, 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 I'll do it for free. And they just, like, they'll hide it in my dash in my car or something. Like, they're just beautiful, beautiful people. I don't know. I can't even explain how it happened. I just love people. Mm. I love people so much. And... The ripple effect. I don't know. I just feel like I don't know how I got here. No, I think I think it's amazing. And then on top of that, juggling that you've obviously had a relationship and two kids along this journey through this. How old are your kids? My oldest is seven. He is the most beautiful, gentle, kind. He's really creative. He's such a good human. What's his name? Maddox. Maddox. That's Maddox. And Parker. He is five, and he's like the polar opposite, but. You know, he's so nurturing and loving in his own way, but he's like Wreck-It Ralph, man. He's really? rough and tumble. Like, the kid will fall down three stairs and get up and be like, shake it off. Like, he's so tough. <laughs> but not only that, he just breaks everything. He's just like, 
I don't want to say it, but he's like a proper boy. <laughs> but yeah, so I've got two totally different children, but they really care for one another. Mm. It's really beautiful to watch. I'm so lucky. That's so nice. I really am. So what's been the process for you from going, working for your friend's tattoo shop? Do you mm-hmm. have your own studio now? No, I, I mean, it? that's that's still in the process. Like going through like, I guess a divorce, house settlement, children, like yeah, yeah. I was meant to do it like a year ago, but I've had a lot of things come up yeah. that I've had to work through that my head wasn't in it. But no, honestly, no. It, it was a blessing in disguise because where I'm at now, I couldn't have picked it. So the universe placed me where I am right now. I work with Steph King at Nine Muses and she has taught me so much about myself. It's the first place that I've ever worked in where I've been truly able to grow. Wow. Yeah, I've always felt super stifled or I've had to shrink myself to make other people feel comfortable. Because I'm a lot. I'm super extra. I do dumb shit all the time. And a lot of people don't like that. I annoy a lot of people. And, you know, that would make me feel uncomfortable. I'd be like, oh, sorry, I don't want to, like, piss that person off. Whereas I come in like a bull out the gates in Steph's shop and she just welcomed me. I love Didn't that. even bat an eyelid. In fact, she said, go harder. And in this space, I have. And it's because of her that... You know, I love myself because she allowed me to feel loved for who I truly am. Like, she accepted me. And, like, I I have a friend for life in her. Like, I just adore her. I would do anything for that woman. She's so kind. That's so nice. Oh, I love her. (laughs) So good. I'm going to rewind real quickly to something you said that I forgot to bring up. Because there's another really good lesson in the fact that you did tattoos for six months for free. Yeah. It's so powerful. As unrelatable but also related, I'll share a bit about my start of when I did the Good Human Factory. Looking back, if I could do any, if I could do it again, yeah, I would have done what you did. I would have offered my service for free to more people to build the confidence and build the skills, mm-hmm. and I didn't. And that's a bit of advice I give a lot of people. So for you to say that's what you did, yeah, I think is another reassurance for anyone listening. If you're starting a service, if you're starting something that yeah. does take a bit of practice to build the skills up, mm-hmm. do it for free for a while. Yeah. Because like you said, it was the greatest thing you did. It yeah. built your clients. Yeah. It's something I wish I did. It took me a lot longer because I didn't do that. So. Oh, no, you didn't know no, that. No, 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 you didn't. No, I'm no... Nothing wrong we with what I did. We all have a journey. Exactly. And some people take the long route. I've always taken the long route. But, you know, you end up there eventually. It's a scenic route, you know? Absolutely. You get to see some cool shit along the way. Absolutely. Tell me about when you um had your kids. Yeah. How's that chapter of your life? Well, I don't that know how much you want to go into relationship yeah, and whatnot course. and stuff. But just, yeah, being a young mum, yeah. early 20s or early to mid-20s. Yeah. How um how was that with creating starting a new career starting to build a business yeah yeah how did how did you find that becoming a mum well I was Changed sort everything. of longing for it but I didn't know it's what I what I needed so I was traveling a lot with work I wasn't grounded you know I had no grounding I was here there and everywhere and I was just like flailing around and um <laughs> long story short I didn't really know the father of my children that long before we fell pregnant so it was quite a surprise to both of us. Um, Hence why we're not together anymore. Like, we just weren't ever suited for each other. But I I love and respect him. And Mm. he is his person and I am mine. But we weren't necessarily each other's. So we fell pregnant. We decided, let's do it. Let's give it a crack. And we did. We gave it a solid crack. Um, I did take a little bit of a break when I had the boys. But I was still kind of tattooing the whole time. I tattooed right up until I was two weeks out of giving birth, both pregnancies. But not only that, like, I worked for myself, so there was no maternity leave, yeah, so yeah, I had to had hustle, to. man. Yeah. I 
I worked really hard. I saved all my pennies so I could pay to have time off with my children. Mm. So I had to buy my time with wow. my babies. So I didn't take that job lightly. I went hard. I went so hard. Like I remember tattooing at times and my belly would just be moving mm. and my clients would be like, is there an alien inside of your body? And I was like, yeah, it's zapping all of my energy, but I'm here. But um, yeah, I'm super grateful for that experience because like I said, having children gave me purpose. It's not for everyone. Everyone's purpose is different, but that's what I needed mm. because it stopped me thinking about myself. I had someone else to think of and take care of. Mm. And I find it so easy to take care of others. Like it's a superpower of mine. I mm. love it. it. I get off on it. It's exciting. I'll give every bit of energy to someone else. I've learned to give back to myself. That's what I've just started to learn, which is also empowering. But, you know, back then I needed that. I needed that drive to put into, you know, becoming a mom and mm. having children to make me work harder. But then also know i got to support these children. i got bills to pay. Mm. So I was really nervous, to be honest, um, about becoming a mom and then losing my identity, losing... Um, my job I guess mm. like not knowing if I could get back into it there was a lot of while I was pregnant like oh what am I doing like am I doing the right thing that was like oh you're just so hormonal when you're pregnant it's mm. like literally an alien abducts your body and like <laughs> sucks out all the positivity and throws all these negative thoughts in and you hate yourself and you're like I can't do this but it's like I don't know how I got through it but I did but there was a massive fear around not being able to get back into tattooing really? and I I don't even how I just went back to it. I had such a list of people that were waiting, waiting for me. Yeah. And that surprised me. I was like, "Oh, I'm pregnant. I'm done for." You know, who's going to want to get tattooed by me now? And I was so shocked at the people that were like, "We'll wait. Wow. We can't wait for you to get back into it. We're so excited for your new journey, your new chapter in life, and we will wait." And that gave me the confidence that I needed to know that there was something that I could go back to. Mm. And so, yeah, that was fun. Actually, after my second, I went back a lot sooner because the father had a shoulder reconstruction oh, yeah, and he needed time off work. So I was the breadwinner for the family. So straight back into it. And it was really stressful, but I learned so much. I learned that I could take care of my family, mm. you know, like in working hard, I could pay the bills in not giving up. I could support my family and it was just like I didn't even think about it to be honest it was like this is my role I'll do it and I just did it good on you you're such a hustler I love your story it's so powerful you kind of mentioned throughout there that once you had your kids that your purpose went to okay I can care about my kids now yeah not much about myself but then you kind of went on to say but now I know how to love myself too yeah Obviously, this is a mental health podcast. That kind of, when you're talking self-care stuff, that triggers, in my mind, mental health, not mental illness. But, no, absolutely. okay, what do we need to do for our mental health? Yeah. So do you want to talk me through when that mindset shift maybe came when you went, okay, I do need to care about myself too? Absolutely. Was it once your partner and you um, split up? It and was you... before that. Okay, yeah. So yeah, do you want to talk me through that, that process of going, okay, it's great. Yeah. I've got the kids. They're my number one. They're everything. Yeah. But I need to put some time towards Kristen too. Yeah, no, that didn't was come to mind? light or fruition at all. I... It happened to me. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so I was happy just giving to everyone and never receiving. You know, that was fine for me. I accepted that. Mm. But then it was so crazy. I didn't believe in clairvoyance or any of that kind of crazy stuff until it happened to me. So I was tatting a clairvoyant unknowingly. I was just mid-tattoo and she just started giving me a reading. 
And I was like, oh, do you know such and such? And she's like, no, they're in the room right now. And I was like, what do you mean? And she just gave me this incredible reading and no one could know any of the things that she brought up. So I was just like, from that moment, I was a believer. But not only that, I started crying mid-tattoo. I'm a crier. So I just started wailing and crying. I'm like, I can't even charge you with this tattoo. I've cried all over it. And she was like, don't be ridiculous. So we finished up the session. And from that moment forward, like, she's still in my life. Like, oh, my God, she changed my life. And she's still a massive part of it. But she did bring up therapy. And not... I'd been to therapy before. Because I've had some hard relationships in my life. Like, partners that, you know, have stripped my self-worth. Um, I know now that's my own fault because I allowed that to happen. But at the time, I didn't know why it was happening. And so I had in the, I've seen therapists, but they just didn't really help. You know, mm-hmm. like it, we didn't connect. Make, there was, yeah. It was just, uh, I don't know, I can't explain it. But it wasn't for me. So I was like, whatever, I walked away from it. And then she brought up holistic therapy. And I was like, what the fuck is holistic therapy? So I, I kid you not, mid-tattoo, I pull out the blower and I'm Googling like holistic therapy Gold Coast. And... Craig Miller from Sacred Ground in Palm Beach popped up and I didn't even think about it. I just clicked the number, called it, booked in like three sessions straight away. And he was so hard to get into, but he had a cancellation like the next week. And I was like, I'll take it. But um, we went as a couple first just because there was some friction in the relationship and it was good for both of us. We both have stuff. Everyone has stuff. Yeah. Everyone has stuff. And when you're coexisting with someone, all your stuff comes up, you know, and it's a... Uh, it's hard to navigate through and Absolutely. we were doing that and we had like a massive turnaround and it was like the most beautiful six months of both of our lives and we actually stopped drinking because alcohol was a big disruptor mm-hmm. in our relationship obviously for most people it is yeah. not great but it was a big thing in our relationship so we just I decided easily to give it up I think this is where I kind of went wrong. I gave him like an ultimatum. I was like, like, I'm doing it. Like, you have to do this. Yeah. And then he's like, well, if I'm doing it, you have to do it. I was like, yeah, easy, man. I'd happily do that yeah. for our relationship and our family. Like, let's go. And I'm so glad that I did because I took a year off drinking. And in that space, I fully got to know myself. Wow. And I was up keeping the therapy. Um, this isn't anything against him, but he was like, oh, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I'll go back to drinking. And he stopped going to therapy. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm finding a lot of growth in this space. Mm. I'm going to stick at it. And I did. And I upkept the therapy and, you know, the therapy kind of allowed me to see what was happening. And then I removed myself from a lot of situations in a lot of like negative toxic spaces. So my work environment, Um, obviously our relationship, he's still a beautiful person, but we're just different people. So that, that came into play. And, um, so yeah, it all just started happening really quickly. And I was really emotional about it. I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, why are all these people like removing themselves from my life? And there was like, cause I started to love myself Mm. and I started putting myself first. The people that took advantage of me not having boundaries really started to like kick up and hate on me and just be like oh you're so into no, yourself I can't walk like, over you anymore 100% I was like no I'm not gonna do that no I won't be at that place no you can't take advantage of me anymore and yeah pissed a lot of people off and it was because oh, I'm such a people pleaser it was so uncomfortable for me and I was like why do you hate me and I just I was really angry I was like why is this happening to me Now, full circle, that I've come through it and I've done a lot of healing, I understand that it happened for me. Mm. Like, all those things happened to put me where I'm at now. And it's, I love who I am. 
I love what I have to offer. I love what I have to give. I love helping people. And that's only come from hitting rock bottom. Like, I've been there so many times. And, like, literally lying on the floor of the shower, sobbing, crying. Like, oh, my God. And, like, hating myself. Like, these people would tell me I'm such a bad person. I'm like, you're right. And you believe I am. I'm such a bad person. And then, you know, they were removed from my life. And meeting beautiful people like Steph that I work with, who's like, no, you're actually all right. Like, Mm. go hard. Like, you'll be fine. And now... I love myself and I think I'm fucking awesome and I love everyone. I truly do. And I see the good in everyone. Mm. I really do. It's so easy to see the good in everyone. And if there is a little niggle of negativity, it's like you're hurting. Mm. I I can see that. And I have empathy for that. That's how I look at all of it. No, that's so beautifully put the way that you described getting, for for one, the clairvoyant that led to going to a psychologist and seeing, getting some help. Yeah. Incredible. But for you sticking it out, even when your partner didn't, it's like props to you. And as much as there would have been those tough times where the boundaries have to be set, looking at you now, it looks like you're in such a healthy, happy place. And when you brought that up, it it reminded me of when I went and saw a psychologist kind of for the first time about six months ago. Mm We didn't really click and I haven't been back there, but he told me one thing that I loved. He was like, by coming to a psychologist, it's like you and your whole life is almost like in this jar. Mm-hmm. But then there's like so much to learn on the wrapper on the outside of the jar, but you can never read the outside of the jar from the inside. But oh, you and all of your life is all on the inside. So sometimes a psychologist is kind of just reading from the outside of the jar. And I was like, oh, it's so true. Wow. Like you got to get out of the jar or have somebody from outside the job be able to yeah. give you an outside perspective, which it sounds Holy like you shit, got as that's well. That's incredible. That that's analogy nice is like, yeah, makes so one. much sense. That's beautiful. I kind of butchered a little bit, but no, you got the gist. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it yeah, you, you and your whole reality is. is in a jar. Yeah. The rest of the reality of the world is out of the jar. Sometimes yeah. you need someone out so of the jar. So I will literally you know. go to therapy, say this, he will say the same thing back to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And I was like, how did you do that? He's like, you did that. I was like, did I? Because when it's out of your head, it sounds different out of your mouth. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, good. it's incredible. Just someone making sense of you in a way that makes sense to you. Yeah. It's, I'm the biggest advocate for therapy and any self-help. Like, I'm addicted to it. Like, mm. I'll be tattooing and listening to ebooks just about... The, the one that I'm reading right now, it's called There's No Bad Parts. And it's about loving every single part of you, you know? Like, sometimes, like, I, I really... I'm, I'm doing good now. I'm in a good place. But this, this was the biggest groundbreaking thing for me. <sighs> Being such a people pleaser, I want to make everyone happy. But then people would take advantage of me. And then for, like, the week after that, I'd be so mad at myself and be like, oh, you fucking idiot. Like, mm. how did you allow yourself to be used like that? And my therapist has helped me recognize all of those parts of me as like a pizza. He's like, look down at yourself as a pizza and every part makes up the pizza. You Mm. need every part to make that pizza. He's like, why don't we just make the parts talk to each other? So the people pleasing part of me was just trying to be liked and loved. And that's what helps me get to where I've got. But then the anger side is the boundaries. That's Mm. like, okay, we need to set boundaries. We can still people please, but within the confines of protecting ourselves. So you can still have anger, but use it for power and energy and Mm. like protection. And you can have that soft empathetic side that's like, you know, relating to other people. And, you know, there's so many other Mm. dynamics and pieces and parts of you, but let them all talk to each other. Have them have a party and get along, a little pizza party. And like in that, I was like, wow, wow, okay. So I was just, I was mad at myself because I was taken advantage of. It's not 
It's not that I did anything wrong. Mm. I, I used to shame myself a lot. Shame is a big shame thing is for the me. worst thing and ever. It, it, I did a real big podcast with um. I'll send it to you with a guy a few weeks ago, Mitch Wallace incredible he's a mental health like expert psychologist speaker does a lot of stuff that i do and he went really deep into shame wow yeah and he was just like most important lesson i ever got is the truth will set you free 100 percent. and learning about shame and overcoming it and like it's the stories we tell ourselves way more than actually what happens to us i think that's why i'm so authentically me Mm. because i've shamed myself for so many years into like be this certain type of person or this certain certain type of way and I was miserable. I was so upset. I was a shell mm. of myself. Yeah. And I got so sick of living like that that I went so far the opposite way. And now I, like, put on my Instagram that I'm getting my butthole bleached, you know? Like, it's just... <laughs> like, I'm so authentically me, and it's easy. It's so easy to be happy, fun, and free than to, like, live within the confines of, like, oh, this is politically correct, or, you know, this person might like me if I do this. It's like, fuck them, fuck everybody. Yeah. I am who I am. Yeah. I'm not for everyone, and I'm okay that. I love that. Yeah. It's so good. You, 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 this will be one of my favourite episodes. You're an absolute <laughs> legend. I, I want to quickly, we've got another little bit. Yeah. I want to talk about the tattooing again. So sure. you obviously, I want to get up, the, I'm going to finish mm-hmm. with you winning the award. But Ooh. first I want to get to know like what sort of tattoo artist you are. All yeah. tattoo artists have different specialties. Yeah. What's your specialty? Why are people booking you for years in advance? I do portraits and realism, and I do specialise in grey wash, mainly because of what I was talking about earlier about the texture of the skin. Colour doesn't heal well on sun-damaged skin, so I was <laughs> I was drawn towards grey wash quite early in my career, and I just sort of stuck to it, you know? I just created that niche market. So what's I, grey wash? Like a fake, so it's a just black, black and grey? Black and grey. Yeah, and it's just like to be able to, like, fade in beautiful portraits of people. Yeah. That seems like the hardest thing ever to do. I look at that. When people do, when people like you create bits of art like that, I'm like, it it literally makes zero sense to me how you can do it. Like, I draw, like, a stick figure and try and make it look good, and I'm like, yeah. how the fuck do people make something look perfectly real? Oh, it's what's it? Crazy. I don't know. I don't even know how I'm going to ask this question, yeah. but what's the process? You go, okay, say you wanted to draw a portrait of... <laughs> Say my girlfriend wanted a portrait of me on her, on her yeah. back. <laughs> let's cheat up. <laughs> let's cheat let's, let's up. You'll get Harry Binky where you came from. Yeah, portrait Harry on his Binky. back. No, but... So where do you even start? I don't even know how if this is a question, but say you're looking at me like, yeah. what goes through your head? Okay, I've got to draw this onto a stencil and yeah. then it gets put onto a thing. Yeah. Is the shading done prior on the stencil or that's yeah. all a little bit less? Yeah, so there is a process to it. So obviously people will give me a picture, okay. hopefully high res. Yeah. If not, I can render it in order to make it clear because, you know, there's people that got yeah. married back in the 50s that yeah. want, like, wedding portraits. So I can work with anything. I can do anything, but high res is ideal. So they'll give me a portrait and then I transfer that onto a stencil. So I will li- I hand stencil. A lot of the artists today use computers and laptops yeah. and iPads and print it out. And that's great, but I'm a real slow learner and it frustrates me to learn like Procreate technology. So I'm still hand stenciling. But not only that, I get a feel for it before I do it. So I'm drawing it by mm. hand and then I'm tattooing it. So yeah. that works for me. It's not for everyone, but I love hand stenciling. Like it's so exciting. So I will literally trace all the detail but not it's like a mud map it's like a color by numbers so i'll do the outline and then i'll do like cross hatching in areas where i need to shade and from that that transfers onto the skin and it's yeah it's i just i look at the picture the stencil the picture the stencil the picture the stencil Mm. like all day i don't even know what i'm doing i'm looking Mm. at light shade lining cut like i can't i don't know what i'm doing until i'm finished i'm like so hyper focused that it's like 
I'm not thinking about anything else. And then when I'm finished, I'm like, oh, shit, cool. Mm. And not even that. I forget my client. I'm like, oh, that's what you look like. Oh, that's what we were doing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. What a beautiful, like, flow state to be in. Like, doing something that you obviously love, being creative. Yeah. And doing something that's so present. Like, you get so distracted in any job now. I mean, it's like when I'm on stage, I feel like it could never be. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just, it's almost like I'm not even there. It's right? Like, I'm so there. That, it forces you to yeah. be present and stay still. That's yeah. what tattooing does for me. And I yeah. need that because I'm such a... Yeah, yeah, like I'm doing 50 million things an hour. But yeah, I'm stuck to the chair and I'm in gloves mm. and I have to tattoo. So yeah. it forces me. Every now and then there'll be like an internal struggle of like, oh, there's so many things that I need to be doing, but I'm but stuck But then you're here. trying to be present and drawing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I love portraits. Portraits are my favorite thing to tattoo. I think because they're so stressful. Like they're so Cause hard. Cause it's so, yeah, they're so you hard. It's so it important up. to get there it right. Cause you see yeah. some of the worst, the botch ones. Yeah. Like, there's a Lara Croft one I've seen that is so good. <laughs> I'm like, no, um. There's somewhere it's like the picture of the baby and it's like a mum oh. and they're up oh, nailed it. Oh. I never want to be on that page. But yeah, tattoo, portraits is really hard. And I kind of get off on how hard it is. Mm. Like, I like to challenge myself. I love this struggle. And I don't know why. It's probably super unhealthy. But it excites me. And I'm like, it's going to be so hard. And then when I pull it off, it's, like, so rewarding. But not only that, with the portrait, sometimes they've lost that loved one. So there's extra pressure riding on it. Like, Mm. you, one, can't fuck this up. And two, not only that, this is something that you're giving to this person that they're going to walk away feeling, like, somewhat, like... Mm. I don't know. Oh, I look you at all can't my tattoos breathe. and feel connected to them all the time. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I can't explain it, but it's like you give them a gift. Yeah. Not like being arrogant and into myself, but it's like they're walking away with something that I've given them. Yeah. yeah. So I give them all yeah, of me. Yeah. I'm so present and mm. I take it so seriously. <laughs> I know I'm dancing around in all of my videos, but when I'm tattooing, yeah, yeah. I'm present. Yeah. Like I'll dick around before and after, but the during the tattooing process. So, yeah. I'll even tell my clients, I'm like, sorry, I can't talk. Yeah, you know, like, like I can't uh, multitask. Yeah, I'll yeah. pop headphones in and listen to my books about self-help. And, wow. and then I'll tattoo all day and then I'll check in in the end. I'm like, oh, how's yeah. that for you? Yeah, what's like a... I want to talk about some tattoo stories. What's yeah. been your longest tattoo? Probably that one when I was an apprentice, the 9 in the morning till 10.30 wow. at night. I've never done that again. I was, yeah, because I was going to oh, say, and have you had any client? like, have you ever had a client that's been like, got started and been like, oh my God, I can't handle the pain? Yeah, of course. And stop. But like... I push them. I'll get them to a place where, because I'll do a stencil and I'm like, okay, if you're wanting to tap out, you have to work for me. Like, you'll have to get to a point where when we come back, the outline's done so we can just come back in and yeah. color it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I won't let them tattoo, like, half a... I won't let them tap out halfway through a portrait. Like, there's yeah. no way. But I'm like a really good, like, you can you do this. You like, it. you've got this. And I'll just, like, hype them up the whole day. It's like, you've got this. Let's go. Yeah, because it's... I mean, it's painful, but it's kind of, I find it super addictive. It's like yeah. that pain of, like... Oh, yeah. Like, and not only that, when... It's like the flow state. When yeah. you start, you're like, oh, okay. But then you get used to it. Yeah. Your body kind of adapts, adapts and accepts to it. It's when you have a break that you have to reset that mindset. But you do. Your body, it kind of... It's like a... You're like, if you meditate and focus mm. on your breathing, you just kind of go somewhere else. Yeah. Have you got a favourite tattoo that you've done? All of them. All of them. Good on you. I love that. Um, favourite, favourite, favourite. It's so hard. It's it like is so hard. Child. Because <laughs> do you know my youngest child said that to me this morning? Because he got dressed for school without me having to ask. He's like, Mom, who's your favourite? And I just started laughing. I was like, you know I love you both equally. He's like, Yeah, but I dressed myself and you didn't even have to ask. I was like, that's pretty cool. 
But you're not going to be the favourite. How good are kids? Oh, honestly, they're so funny. My kids are hilarious. The stuff they come up with, it's just like, wow, you're so cool. But yeah, don't have a favourite. I love them all. That's love good. Love them all. So, yeah. what's, so what's coming up now? I um, You recently won the Gold Coast Tattoo Artist of the Year. Dude, how, that was how so How does that expected. come about? And what, um, Honestly, I don't even know how that happened. So do people the, like people have been tattooed by you like vote for you? That's I, I don't know. So the Gold Coast Bulletin ran the competition like through the newspaper uh-huh. and you had to vote via their polls and um, the lady reached out to me and she said that like I'd won by like like a long shot but I think mainly the people the community like Mm. I fucking love the people and I love the community and I don't know it's so hard for me to accept because I don't think I'm very good at anything that I do so it's hard but tattooing is quite subjective too yeah but it's still you obviously have plenty of clients that's showing that your work is very I'm so grateful I truly am I'm I'm, oh my god I don't know how to accept it I haven't accepted it yet I mean I know I've carried on like a dickhead and put on a pink dress and a crown and I walked Mm -hmm. around the Gold Coast but that's just for fun, you yeah. know. I Why not? it honestly, I accepted it, and I just I keep going. Yeah, I have so much going on at the moment that it's like, oh my god, this is incredible. Like one, I don't feel worthy, but two, thank you. Like I'm super grateful. Yeah. Well, it's well deserved. What, what is coming up? What are you looking forward to at the moment? I have a lot of stuff going Anything on in the background. You can I can't share. talk about. Yeah, I was, a I'm lot sure. Of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people <laughs> on this podcast usually say that. Yeah, but what like what's next twelve months looking like for you? you I really want to get to LA. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a few shops in LA that have reached out that want me to guest that are like reputable with like an incredible client base. So I've honestly been trying to get there since September, but I've just had so much with work and like opportunities coming up in Australia that it's been hard to get there. Mm. But that is like for me so exciting. Like that'll be so great for my yeah. career. Like just having working alongside those incredible artists will just be. Every time I travel for a convention or, you know, a guest spot, I just, I learn so much and it reignites the passion yeah, yeah, and yeah. excitement and yeah, I'm ready for that. That's I've so actually cool. got a convention coming up in maybe two weeks, a week. Oh, I'm not ready, but I'll figure it out. New Zealand, it's um, an international convention that they host in New Plymouth and it's so fun. And what do they do at a convention for tattoos? This convention in particular is incredible because they kind of cater to everyone. They've got like motorbikes, they've got um, like tattooing, they've got bands. It's like every single creative outlet, they have it at this event. Mm. And it's so well run, it's so well organised and I'm so excited to be a part of it. It's really hard to get in and I'm very last minute and I just asked if I could get in. He's like, sorry, we're full. And then As I in to tattoo? To tattoo there. Oh, okay, and then cool. like probably a couple of weeks ago I got an email to say that there was a position vacant, like a, an area, do you want to come? Didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> I'll figure it out later, but I just uh, said, yes, I'll take it, because it's just, it's an incredible event, and I haven't done a convention in a long time, so I'm ready for that, I'm ready to be nice. excited again, and Kids are growing up a little bit, yeah, can, it's can, just a two-day convention, yeah, so it's just bloop, bloop, they're back, they'll be with right. their dad, so yeah. I'll miss no time with them, but nice. yeah, I actually wanted to take the kids, but it'll be the weekend they're with their dad. Okay. They might come. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. So Maybe yeah, mum will have a bit of fun. We yeah. don't know. Mum can have a little couple I'm of I'm actually off the piss right now. I'm stopped drinking. That oh. was a really low vibration for me, drinking. That was massive. So yeah. going through everything I've gone through this year, I did find myself... Look, I celebrated my one year of sobriety with drinking, ironically. And then I just me wasn't too. really able to stop because like, I'm really good at it and I have fun. Me too. And I just... 
ah, oh, but because I am so high energy, I let it all out that night. And then the week after, I'm just rebuilding. Yeah, it takes rebuilding. A while. And with kids and a career, I've got to be on constantly. Yeah. And I found. Unfortunately, that level of fun doesn't correlate with the lifestyle I'm trying to lead. Yeah. So one had to give yeah. and it was drinking. So I've just given it up again and I already feel insane. Mm. I feel so clear. I have direction again. Life is fucking great. Like when I choose me, life happens. Mm. You know, I feel like drinking, I'm running away from myself. It's distracting. I truly yeah. am. It's good on you. Yeah, I yeah. did a year. Last year, I did all of 28 sober. So I did wow. like May last year till May this year. Well and then I went to Europe. In, uh, <laughs> I went to Europe and partied with Fisher and my I sister. I went to Greece. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I celebrated my one year yeah. with like a 14-day bender. What, like, a, what a way like, to set it off, though. It was fun. With a what? A four-day bender? Oh, I mean, like, I four. said 14, but oh, it was 14. more like... Well, I went to... So, you know, Fisher, the DJ. Yeah. He's married to my sister. So oh, beautiful. We went over on tour with him, so we did, like, three days in Malta, which was, like, wow. his own festival. So that was, like, three-day bender. Yeah. Flew Fuck. to Ibiza, like, private jet to Ibiza, mm. and then he opened Ibiza summer, Insane. like, at the biggest club in the world. Yeah. And then we flew to, like, private jet to um, Paris. He played in Paris on the Friday night, played in Wales on the Saturday night, Shut and then in up. Manchester on the Sunday night. So I went from, like, a year of full right? server to just, just like, absolutely it. diving headfirst into the shallow end. Oh, my God. <laughs> How did you feel when you came back to Australia after that trip? It was a weird trip. It's really hard to explain. One, because of, like, obviously after taking so much time off the alcohol, mm-hmm. but it was the first time that, like, I'd watched Fisher and my sister live their lifestyle and watched him DJ in mm-hmm. America before at, like, Vegas and in... Um, in Oz a bunch. Like, I'd seen him play a lot, don't yeah. get me wrong. But it was the first time that I'd seen him play in Europe, and last year was kind of his real breakout year after um, after COVID and everything. Yeah. He, he was blowing up during COVID, and then he yeah. kind of maintained, and then post-COVID, yeah. he blew, the year before, he was huge in Europe, right. but I didn't get to go because uh-huh. I was sober, because I just yeah. started my sober in May, yeah. so I was like, I'll take the year off. Yeah. So I went this year, so... The story's going somewhere. I watched the Elvis movie on the flight over. and I'll, It's amazing. I've heard. It's, it's really interesting. It's actually really sad. His manager's an absolute dickhead. But anyway, just watching the rock star lifestyle of mm-hmm. like, I was just like, yeah. imagine how fun that would be. And right? then I literally like blopped myself into Fisher and that's life yeah. of like private jets and this and that and hotels sorted and transfers and... And every party's VIP, take this, that. So I felt like I was in this weird trance of almost like a movie. I felt like I was in this like mm. out of my own world yeah. world. Cause I'm like, I've got this fucking mental health business that I run at home, but I'm over here running a muck in mm-hmm. Europe. So it was this weird, like yeah. almost dream state. Yeah. It was strange. Cause anytime you woke up and you wanted to feel sorry for yourself and you're hungover, you had to start going again. So it was like, it was an interesting couple of weeks, but yeah. I had fun. But yeah. yeah, I, um, coming home felt, took me weeks to get, yeah momentum going again actually i came home for like a few days and then went to new zealand and did some work which i was a bit shady for <laughs> <laughs> but then i um i came back and then i went to bali for like i hosted a retreat for like a wellness retreat so i was like <laughs> i got i needed it myself so it was great yeah that was my experience back drinking what was yours but I, I kind of feel like when you're sober for so long you forget what it was like to mm. be a bit of a menace yeah i don't know about you but me i was I kind of rebelled against myself i'm a I don't like being told what to do. Mm. And when I was kind of telling myself what to do, I was like, fuck you. So mm. that's kind of why I started drinking again. And now, and this is a different 
place for me. When I, when I stopped the first time, it was because of other reasons. Yeah. Um, whereas this time, it was a choice to better my life. Mm. You know, like, uh, how do I explain it? I just feel like nothing bad can happen from giving up drinking. Yeah, seriously. Nothing bad. Mm. Only good. Only, you know, when I was drinking, I was always worried, like, <laughs> where am I staying tonight? Or, like, am I going to drink die? Or just do stupid shit, you know, that mm. I'd be super mad at myself for. Yeah. And, you know, obviously co-parenting now, it would be week on, week off. And I was only ever doing it on the week that I didn't have the kids because it was hard for me. I'm going to be honest. Like, going from being 100% mom all the time, second I fell pregnant, I was mom. This is me Mm. now. Like, I don't take this job lightly. Like, this is... I'm all in. And then having to be mom 50% of the time was really hard. Really, really hard for me. Um, I felt a lot of shame. I was guilty. I was Mm. like, fuck, like felt like a bad mom, even though it was, like, fair that they spent half their life with their dad Mm. and half their life with their mom. Like, I felt like I'd failed giving them that lifestyle. Mm. I was like, fuck. So there was a lot of just accepting what was and let it be and just... Because I was fighting it for so long. I was trying to control every outcome. And Mm. as I was controlling, everything was going against me and nothing was working out. And I just was drinking and I was just like, ah! And then I was just like, you know what? I can't change anything. This is my life now. Mm. He's moved on, which is great. I'm happy for him. Um, The children have to live 50-50, half with me, half with their dad. And I can't change that. So just fucking deal with it. And I 100% of the the time that you get with him. Yeah. And so I did. I Long story short, I was seeing a guy and I was really invested. And he openly said from the very beginning that he wasn't. And I was like, I'll change your mind. You'll be super into it. Don't worry, we'll have fun. And so he was from a different state and he flew up and we hung out and just like, I knew instantly that it wasn't it. But Mm. in my mind, I'd like made up a whole life together. We were getting married. It was going to be super fun. And it just felt like we were friends. But I'd invested so much time and energy into this person that I abandoned myself again. And then I was mad at myself. Like when he left, I was like, nah, it's not it. It's not Mm. for me. And so then the following weekend after that, I didn't, oh no, the weekend that I had without the kids, I usually like go out with friends, have lunch, drink, whatever, whatnot. I was like, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to force myself to stay home. And it was uncomfortable. I had to stay home. Hard to be I, I grounded myself. I was like, you are staying home and you are not doing anything irresponsible. And I didn't drink and I stayed home and I was alone and it was uncomfortable and I was fighting myself. I was like, I just want to go out. I just want to do something hectic. But I didn't. And then the week after that, I just had all these incredible opportunities coming at me. And I was Mm. like, wait, what? Yeah, sure, I'll take that. I'll do this. And then that built momentum. And then as I was doing those things, I was fully focused and I didn't want to be clouded with judgment from, you know, being hungover Mm. or currently still drunk or being drunk. And so it was an it was an easy decision. I was like, shit, I stayed in one weekend. And from that one decision my whole life has changed Mm. and it was just an uncomfortable weekend sitting alone with my thoughts and just processing them and dealing with them and not running away from them that had just bettered my entire fucking life good on you it's so cool like hearing your story from upbringing through school getting told from your teacher Mm. you're not going to be an artist yeah (laughs) going and studying interior design a friend giving you a break saying hey come and um do a beat tattoo artist and just saying yes to it yeah and being where you are now, top tattoo artist on the Gold Coast, doing incredible art, something you love, obviously with some ups and downs along the journey yeah. with um, relationship staff, having yeah. your beautiful children. Yeah. 
But where you are now seems like it's a really good spot. So you should be really proud. Sober, mm-hmm. head straight, yeah. accepting what is. Yeah. It sounds like with your kids, which is really special. Yeah. And I'm sure they're super appreciative of that Honestly, too. They're so good. I'm the happiest I've ever been. Honestly, I'm the happiest I've ever been. And it's, I don't know. It's, I love it. It's so, it's light. It is. The feeling is light. I'm honest. I'm light. I'm happy. I don't need validation from anyone because I've got my back, you know. Mm. I've, I've always felt really alone in life. It's because I'm so sensitive. I'm such a sensitive person mm. that I don't feel like anyone's ever truly understood me or, like, got to know me mm. or loved me the way that I've needed to be loved. But I was I was forcing that. I was forcing people to love me. Mm. And I'm so grateful for that they didn't and I'm so grateful that they rejected me or let me go because within this space... I now love myself. I love that. And it's like, I actually don't need love from anyone. Like, I've got it. But you will get it from, from plenty. No, from your kids, no. from your family. Oh, my kids? Oh, 100%. But that's like, that's unconditional. You know, mm. like, that's without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's been an amazing chat. I do finish all of my podcasts with the same question. I'm okay. very excited to hear your answer for this one. Yeah. So, what does being a good human mean to Kristen Sorensen? Without a doubt, it's everything. It's just waking up with a positive mindset. And I'm in this place right now where I want to do one good thing daily to help I someone. Saw you post yeah, on, like it's just a smiling at a stranger, you know, hugging a random. So I do these dancing videos with my tattooing. And how it started, I'd won the best tattoo artist on the Gold Coast. And I just wanted to celebrate. And I didn't know how to do it. I just like, get it out. And there was a sweet old lady that was sitting on a park bench out the front of my tattoo studio. She was looking down at her iPad and she looked real cranky and super mean. And I was like, oh, she's definitely going to say no. And I was like, hey, would you mind like doing a dance with me? I just won best tattoo artist on the Gold Coast. And she looked up and she was like, oh, yeah, put the iPad down and we dance. And like someone filmed it. It was the most exciting thing. So I pre judged her being a cranky you know old woman that would say no to me and she ended up being the lightest most happiest beautiful person that embraced my energy and made me stronger and brighter so it's like just you know I think she helped me and I helped her and it was just an act of kindness and it was just so fun and I said doing the thing instead of thinking about it and being scared it's not gonna work like with your parents when you thought they were gonna be bit angry about the tattoo artist decision and yeah. they loved it. So there's so many good lessons. I from do this chat. thing where I get asked a question then I forget the question. I don't know if I answered it. What was the question again? <laughs> what does being a good human mean to you? What does being a good human mean to me? Just helping others. Honestly. Beautifully put. Very well put. Well, I'll leave in the show notes um, your tattoo page and everything okay. so people can find you. Yeah. Um, any last words? Anything, anywhere people can find you if they want to... Yeah, where is the best place if they want to get a tattoo? Just um, I'm in Palm media. Beach You're on the Gold Coast. Uh, it's a private studio. I don't like to put my address on the internet just because I've had a couple of scaries over the years, but um, you can always reach out, email. You don't have to put your address, but like if no, somebody wanted yeah. to book a... A tattoo? Or, email. Email. My, okay. Uh, yeah. I can put the email in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll email put the email me. in the show notes. That'd be Perfect. epic. Easy. Yeah, but yeah. I just want to sign off by saying, can everyone please just love everyone? You're an absolute <laughs> legend. Thank you so much for jumping on Good Thank humans. you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so stoked to be here. You legend. Oh. That was amazing chat. Oh. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.